Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode in Search of the Story. Today, the two Chris's are here, Chris Hepburn and Chris Gravel. Um, we are going to talk about E3. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, a lot of stuff got announced. Um, a lot of split over who won the E3 thing, but really, who cares? All that matters is, the, is that there's good stuff coming out, and... We are going to discuss that for about half an hour, 40 minutes or so. The the big surprises and maybe some of the stuff that uh, that we we lost a little bit of excitement in. What's the biggest surprise for you? Probably, probably the Doom Eternal. Like, I didn't see that one coming because I heard that id Software was working with, uh, with the team making Rage 2. So when... Because I went to the bathroom, I come back, and there's gore all over my screen. And I say to my buddies, and I'm like, um, what is this? And one of them says, Doom. And I just kind of, like, silently lose my shit. I am ecstatic that Doom is coming back. And that it's hell on earth. It's following the storyline of the original Doom, in a way. Where Doom Marine whoops ass, and then even though he kicked ass in Mars, it's still coming to Earth. So I'm I'm completely excited for that one. What about you? Anything uh you weren't you weren't uh too sure yeah, was going to show up then I'm, showed up? Uh yeah, I had I had no clue about uh Red Dead Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, Ghost uh, of Tsushima. Tsushima. Um yeah, oh my god. It it looks part Red Dead part 7 7, seven Samurai. Um it looks very, very um, cinematic and very stylized with the, you know, the fights with the and leaves all coming quest. down, very colorful and, you know, facing off and, yeah, and facing off in front of, in front of a sun, uh, in front of a sunset and as they were traveling through these big open fields and they were just covered in flowers and plants and it just, it looks gorgeous and, Sucker Punch, I think, is is a good developer. I don't know that I would call them one of the best developers out there, but I, I don't know. This this looks fantastic. I mean, Sly Cooper was good. Infamous was good. They weren't games that I played all the way through because I just kind of ran out of it. But, uh, or, you know, my interest ran out on it or other things came out at the time. But I, I do think that Ghost looks just absolutely gorgeous. and And the fighting looks... Like they're they're taking it's almost like For Honor where you know as you're fighting people it's more of a one on one type of fight it doesn't look like it's a big you know take down twenty seven guys in one fight it looks like you know it's just a very very good samurai who can maybe handle two or three guys at a time and you know the the very last scene is a whole bunch of dudes showing up so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that but it. It looks it looks fantastic. That was probably the biggest surprise for me um, that I didn't expect at all, and um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how it goes. I'm I'm not gonna get too excited about it yet, but it, it, it looks very impressive so far. Fair enough. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is um, looking really damn so good. Let's go to yeah. Let Let's talk about our biggest disappointment. Then we'll just talk about some of the other games. Um, so I'm going to, I'll start with mine. 
and I hate to say this, I, I so hate to say that this is the thing that's my biggest disappointment, but I'll explain why. Spider-Man oh, wow. let me down. Um, I'm, I'm less excited about it now because it looks, it looks like it's just a slightly upgraded version of the Arkham series, which is fine as far as fighting goes. And I was still okay with it. I was like, okay, it's, I mean, I like that fighting system. It's going to be fine, you know, and and they're going to add some stuff with Spider-Man, but what, what got me, you know, some of his powers that you can do. But what really killed it for me is whenever he's there's there's a part of the demo where he's chasing Electro up this like this I don't know like a tube or an elevator shaft or something, and as Electro shoots his lightning balls down at you, you have to jump from one wall to the next around this little area, and it just felt very video game. It, you know, I mean, last gen. It it, it felt. It's it was something about the design of it that you know like oh if, as long as you jump to this side you're okay as long as you jump to that side you're okay like why doesn't he just start shooting them down all at the same time like it makes no sense it goes back to kind of the early two thousands late nineties version of making games where there's specific patterns you have to learn to win and I think we're at a point where games are starting to become more about the openness of it and solving it like how last of us showed you solve it in your way and spider-man just felt very video gameized very old school video game and that's not to say that it's gonna be a bad game i my hype was just i was super excited about what they were doing with it and now i feel like it's gonna be a little bit more like just playing kind of an arcadey type of game and it was th- that was probably my biggest disappointment of all the stuff I saw, and I don't know. I'm 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 much less excited about Spider Man now than I was before they showed that. Yeah, um, when they first premiered Spider Man for the very first time, the moment I saw the combat, I was uninterested because I wasn't a big fan of the Batman Arkham series combat. It, it felt very shallow. You just wait yeah. and hit the counter button, and you win, and. Uh, when they threw that right. into Spider-Man, I mean, like, my initial reaction was, this is where it finally makes sense, but it's, the combat's not for me, but I've also listened to Game Informer, and they did a whole cover story on it, and the whole swinging mechanics and how that's going to work, it's going to be really damn good from the sounds of it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff about it. I, I still think it's going to be a good game. I just, and, and I'm okay with what they're doing by using the Arkham series fighting because from the interviews i've watched they're adding a whole lot to it to to mix it up much more but what killed me was just that jump from wall to wall to dodge the electric balls it just it's like man like that's that's how you used to fight bosses you know let me let me do something different but um i don't know it just felt too gamified and i think we're getting away from video games feeling gamified i think we're starting to get to a point to where video games feel more like experiences and this did not that that's not an experience just to know when to move from one point to the next it just kind of killed it for me you know it's yeah and and that coming after last of us i think was part of the reason as well yeah fair enough because last of us too just they were like do whatever you want and it's almost it almost looked like it was like a cinematic trailer, but it was gameplay. It's just 
the reactions of the the NPCs are so real and so dynamic that it's just very, very hard to look at a game that's making you go, okay, make sure that you hit this button at this time or move this to this wall at this time so you don't die to, you know, right after seeing the do whatever you want, however you want. It, it, it just made it feel too gamey and it, it just kind of let me down a little bit. So, um, what was, what was your biggest disappointment or de hyper? All right. I got two. I'm going to, I'm going to give you one quick one because it doesn't really count. During the Microsoft press conference, they showed a skateboarding game. I, I did not think I wanted skate for so bad, but my heart was jumping out of my chest. I'm like, Oh my God, finally, finally, finally. And then my friends were like, wait, this is sessions. And I just died inside. I was like, are, are you serious? You teased me. It looked like Skate 4, and it wasn't. You bastards. So I was pretty pissed about that. Right. Oh, oh man. I didn't think I was that hyped yeah. for the game until it showed up, and my heart was beating out of my chest. I'm like, finally, it's been so many goddamn years. Because I've spent way too much time in Skate 2 and 3. Yeah. But moving on to my real disappointment, and I, Those games again, I, I fucking hate saying this, but Death Stranding. I've been so hyped for that yeah. Hideo Kojima is one of the reasons why I want to get into making games I've loved what he's been able to do the storytelling the mechanics the creativity it's gold I fucking love it he's like a game design idol to me I don't care how cheesy it is or what people say he's just an idol to me and then Death Stranding showed up and it was a fucking walking simulator for the longest time and I, I even messaged my friends and I'm like the fuck is this shit yeah. it's just norman reed is walking with a abnormally large backpack and then his gun pops out and i'm like yo shit okay this this is when it's going down this is when it's getting good and then i i i don't know if i looked away or what happened but i didn't see the gun go off i now just see him you know scooting around invisible enemies and i'm like there are so many indie games that just have you scoot around enemies with no combat nothing like what is this you let me down I'm still intrigued because of what I've seen before with like there's uh that one character with the white hair who looks pretty evil there's I, um damn what's his name he's the director and he's a character in it D- Gil uh Guillermo del Toro he's in it so like there's a lot of stuff that I'm super hyped about but what they showed in the gameplay I don't think is what they should have shown and that just completely let me down and I I'm not gonna right. lie I've lost some hype for that but again it's Kojima so I'm, I'm crossing fingers yeah I, I think uh, Kojima for me has always been just strange like yeah he makes good games but they're so out there and weird and I've never really attached to them um, I think Metal Gear Solid 2 was the last game that I really, really enjoyed by him. And I have no problem with his games. They're just always out there. And Death Stranding, I don't know. I mean, it it looks like a backpack simulator with really weird, and a walking simulator with just weirdness thrown in there to be weird and be strange and be out there. And I like Norman Reedus. I like Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm I'm not excited about the game. I I don't think there's anything in it that 
that's going to make me want to pick it up. Day well, one. I've, I've read so, some, I read some more information on it and like the name gets, uh, I forget what the name of the phenomenon is, but it's something stranding and it's where whales and sea mammals beach themselves until they die basically. Cause they suffocate or dehydrate and so forth. So that's where the name comes from. And then that also has to do with the enemies. Right. Uh, the, the philosophy behind the main mechanics in the game is from a book which talks about how the very first invention mankind made was a stick to keep stuff away. The second was a rope to pull stuff in. And every video game is basically the player using a stick to keep the enemy away. And Death Stranding is about keeping them away and pulling them in. And it's to balance both of them. And then there's stuff with the umbilical cord, which is being the rope, connecting everything together to the earth and all this. So there's like a lot of like kind of probably pretentious but philosophical ideology to it that i'm really curious about yeah i think i think that might be the best way to put it for me is it is it comes across as like artsy to be artsy and like cool i mean whatever that is what it is but uh it's uh, i don't know i i'm not too excited about that i will say assassin's creed odyssey I was already excited about it. I mean, they've, they've already reinvented the wheel on how Assassin's Creed works with... Um, Origins? Oh, my God. I just draw super blank. Um, yeah, with Origins. Um, and Odyssey, from what I saw, and, and I know the time period pretty well. I've, I've studied that time period pretty well. And from what I saw, they're doing they're doing it right with the architecture with the gods, with the statues. And one of the things that I really liked was you can choose a male or female character and they showed with the female character that she could make a little flirty, romantic discussion, little choice to make a little, make relationship. If, if uh, you're a magic fan, you'll get that joke. It's kind of older joke, but it's a, a kind of flirtatious thing that, you know, you could, you could do with one of the girls that she talked to with one of the Spartans. And so, you know, uh, same sex stuff was very prevalent at that time period as well. So if they do give you the choice to where male or female, you have multiple relationship options throughout the game, that should be very cool as well. Um, and then of course the, the combat looks like it's refined even more and the scope looks even bigger than origins and you know show me show me uh leonidas whenever you're hanging out with the spartans and you you hit everything because they already showed that you're going to see the minotaur and i'm hoping that's kind of a late game get through the labyrinth type thing to get more loot and kind of you know late game dungeon crawl type thing to go through the labyrinth because they showed the minotaur in the labyrinth that she faces off with right at the very end so some very cool stuff with Odyssey. I was very impressed with the showing of that. And and I think that's going to be... I don't know. I mean, Origins, I think, was on the level of Game of the Year. And Odyssey could pull it off, too. Because it looks like they're just refining the new style of Assassin's Creed even more. Yeah, no. Um, I've never... Again, like Batman Arkham, I've never been a fan of the combat for Assassin's Creed. Because, again, it was always kind of the counterattack. Um, I mean, like, you playing an assassin, he should be able right. to fight someone in a sword battle but he tends to lose or get bullied by the enemy so i, I never 
quite like that. <coughs> Sorry. So seeing what Origins did, I never did get a chance to play with it. It looked interesting and looking at looking at Odyssey, it's just the graphics, the gameplay, the dialogue, the just the story in general. It's just looking so good. And uh that that's probably gonna be one I pick up, not day one, but uh it, it will be one that I wanna pick up and check out. Yeah, I'll be I'll be playing that the second we can get our hands on it. It's uh it's it's one of my favorite time periods that and you know the revolution as people are well aware as I've talked about the revolution plenty but but those are my two big time periods because this happens it looks like it's happening right around the Peloponnesian Wars which is a fantastic time period as well um, with quite a bit of documented history um, how much of it's true who knows but you still have a lot of history to go off of and. Uh, the combat is significantly better in Origins than it's been in anything else. It's it's a whole different style of combat, and it's much grittier and much more raw. It's kind of kind of what God of War's done a little bit, where it's much more uh, visceral than button mashing to kill stuff really fast. So, I think I think Odyssey. I think the only thing that can knock Odyssey out of Game of the Year from what we've seen right now is Last of Us Two. And good God, man! Like, if the I, I I don't know if they gave the release date. No, they um, didn't. Yeah, so if that comes out this year, that's that's probably game of the year. It look, I mean, it's it's a game for adults, and it looks brutal. It looks it, it looks like the kind of game that they're not trying to scare you, but you're going to be on edge the whole time and uh you know uh, the whole thing she was hunting other people instead of the the uh monster thingies from the first last of us which i think the trailer was so good i'm actually gonna go play the last of us again because i i I got right to the end and uh something happened with my save or something happened with my playstation or something i never got to finish it i watched the end so i knew it but I never got to play that last little bit, so I may go play through it again on the the re re uh, the upgraded version for PlayStation because it looks beautiful on PS4 Pro. Um, but I think Last of Us Part Two is going to be just a, a incredible game. Uh, you know the the stuff they're doing with it and some of the hints and callbacks they do to the previous one. It, it looks like it's going to be much bigger in scope and. It's gonna be very, very, very well done. I think I don't. I don't have any concerns about that being a fantastic game. Yeah, fair enough. And then we. Uh, did you watch a PC gamer show? Uh, yeah, for a little while. I watched it on and off. Okay. All right, because there was like was, three games that came up in that that just I thought were really cool. Which ones were those? Uh, Insomniac Stormland. It's a Oculus Rift VR game. Sadly, I I probably will never be able to play it because i don't have an oculus rift but it you play as an android and you get like all these cool android abilities so like you could climb up walls because your android strength you just grab it and pull up uh it's fully open world you can glide by stretching your hands out like superman and every week the world rearranges the whole world will like be rearranged because of this thing called the tempest i believe it was that can that basically picks up and moves everything around and that is also the reason of why your 
playing the game and doing what you're doing is the tempest has uprooted your home your home's destroyed you've been destroyed you're trying to get to a civilization to get repaired save your friends along the way and it just it looks really cool and it's made by insomniac so there should be some really cool stuff in there that sounds interesting also i yeah it looked really cool there's a game called genesis alpha one it's coming out this year to playstation 4 xbox one and pc and this is going I to be No Man's this, Sky, yeah. but, like, yeah, way better. Done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks so yeah, cool. That one, like, that one looked pretty decent. Yeah, it's got, like, really interesting combat from what it saw. It looked like there was a alien creature thing that was, like, transforming or suck, sucking in darkness or something. You can harvest aliens, take their DNA, uh, change your crew. It's going to yeah. be one of those games where you just kind of create your story as you go and find out the lore of the world, I guess. Oh, looking right. so cool. And then yeah, that one looked the, really good. Yeah, the last one is Sable. It's made by, um, I think it was Sledgeworks. Yeah, Sledgeworks. And uh, it's it's like Journey, where it's not about combat or anything. It's a exploration game. And you play as this young female named Sable, and it's like this desert world, and you gotta go traveling with your hover bike to learn about the history the culture the people you get to meet people but the game is ultimately about seclusion and exploration and it's your journey as you learn more and more about this planet and the art style is based on french and belgium clear line art and uh japanese uh-huh. animation mainly studio ghibli and the, it, the graphics just look amazing I missed that one. I that have to is, check it out. That sounds cool. Oh, yeah. Like, the world is one that would um, be really cool to delve into. Did you did you see the Just Cause 4 stuff? I am completely enamored with that. You put a tornado in Just Cause. You, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my that God. That looks crazy. That was another one so, where my heart was beating out of my chest. about that, but... Yeah, but that one looks pretty fantastic. I don't think much more needs to be said about that. Um, let's touch on Fallout 76 real quick. So Okay. So this takes place in 2176. They, they say it's 300 years after the foundation of the country. Um, so that would be 2176, which the 76 makes sense now. Um, I figured it was just Vault 76, but they're, you know it's taking place 300 years later. And they're going to well, make it so it's multiplayer and Fortnite. But not Battle Royale, but Fortnite where you're building your own stuff with other people. And, and other people can so tear down your Minecraft. stuff. Minecraft. It's, it's, yeah. Um, well, that's what Fortnite was originally, sort of. the Like where you could build wherever you want. Um, with a bunch of other people on the server. Yeah. Um, and then they went Battle Royale and so, made too much money. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, Battle Royale is something big, so let's just do that instead. Um, so yeah, so I, I think I think Fallout 76 should be very cool. Um, I, I will, so I was, I've been hesitant about Fallout games, because my first Fallout was Fallout 1 and then Fallout 2, the isometric Fallout RPGs. That you can say all you want about the amount of choice that you have in the current Fallout games, but it pales in comparison to the original Fallouts, to Fallout One, Fallout Two, the isometric ones. There was, 
Just just as a quick example, I in Fallout One, I was a gangster, porn star, and a child killer. And the child killer was a mistake. I accidentally killed a kid in a gunfight. Um, but then they branded me as a child killer, and people would run whenever they saw me. But at the same point, they were also scared of me. And I was also a celebrity because I was like a big smut peddler and and porn and stuff like that. And like that was just one of the characters I played. Just this crazy, like all the the crazy vices and terrible things you can have, I took. And it was fantastic. And the fallout since then, there's freedom of choice, but not to that level. They haven't gone to that that comically dark place since. And so I haven't been as big into the Fallout games since. But with Fallout 76, I think you play multiplayer. And with them, it looks like they're kind of doing almost a revolutionary type of thing. Like, it's our revolution. It's been 300 years. Let's take it back. It, it, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited about it. But what ultimately sold me is the trailer. You know, they always have a good song in, in each one of them. You know, like, uh, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. And, you know, each one of them's had a really cool song. But this one did Country Roads, which has been my ringtone for like six months. So I was like, damn it, I guess I have to buy the game because it, it it's the right date. And they also used one of my favorite songs. So I'm a little bit more excited about it. And that I think that shows the importance of your choice of music whenever you're trying to trying to get a setting right and uh they nailed it i mean it takes place in west virginia play country roads it's about west virginia um pretty pretty cool trailer game looks good i'm i'm pretty excited about it so we'll see i mean i I just think fallout multiplayer could be a lot of fun i don't know if i'm really into it for the multiplayer nor the building because I played Fallout 4 and I didn't really build anything aside from what it made me do in a couple missions. So Fallout 76 is probably just going to be like a weird playground I play with my buddies, but otherwise I'd I'd like to know more info if there's like a full-on campaign and how that's going to work out, because if there is, then I'd be interested in that. But like the building in multiplayer just isn't really for me for that game. I mean like nuking other people sounds interesting and kind of fun. But it's it's not why I play Fallout. I want to play Fallout because I want to learn about the world and stuff. But I understand like um, this one is like this is the first vault to open. What are you? What else are you going to do other than rebuild civilization? So I I, I get that. It's just probably not. I, I imagine the multiplayer aspect, and you can. I, I think they said that there's like a whole single player part to it. It's just the multiplayer part's a big focus. But I. I would imagine that that multiplayer aspect will play into the overall story. And and I'd be curious to see, because Bethesda generally plays it safe each year or each iteration of their game is basically the previous iteration with upgrades. So, But, but at one point, they were a company that took big risks. And I would like to see if, if that's what's happening here, that, that you're... That, that the story is actually affected by other players. Because that could be very, very cool. Because now you have a storyline that's also emergent based on how controlled that multiplayer aspect is. So I'm I'm excited to play it. I'll give it a shot. We'll see, uh, you know, if they... It, it sounds like they're going to make the 
the building much more um, robust than it was in four. And if so, then, you know, I mean, that's just going to be a fun game to get in with friends and, and experience it together. So um, I don't know. I'm excited about it. Not as excited as I am about Odyssey. Odyssey is probably the thing I'm most excited about coming out of it. Um, FIFA 19, we got a little info. Super Smash Brothers for Switch. All the characters that have ever been in are going to be in it. Um, so that's good news. Kingdom Hearts 3 looks... Kingdom Hearts, the story is so ridiculous. It's impossible to keep up with. I know there's people out there that are like, Oh, no, Chris, it's super easy to keep up with. You know, this happened at this time period and blah, blah, blah. Let me write you a novel. Um, but it's such a complicated and weird story. But Chloe watched that trailer with me. And whenever Jack Sparrow came out, I was like, man, dude, they really nailed it. it everything looks so good. And they showed Elsa and they showed uh, uh, Rapunzel and a couple of the other characters from Disney. And it looked like they were taken straight out of the movie. So it looks absolutely beautiful. I, I, I'm never a really big, I never get really excited about Kingdom Hearts. But Kingdom Hearts 3 looks fantastic. And the fact that they're doing the full package of all the previous games for PlayStation so you can get caught up if you want. Maybe something that Chloe's old enough to play through with now. And so I may enjoy it more. Um, so that's another it's big one. It's got Terry Crews though, so yeah. that's like the Scrap saving down. point. Um, shit. Yeah, and whenever you have to bring Terry Crews into something, that does not speak well for your project, that you have to get him in there. Um, so I don't know. The first Crackdown was fantastic. Crackdown 2, not so much. So we'll see if they redeem themselves. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Laura is just a damn psycho. Um, The Division 2. Like Laura Croft. She's just like psychotic, man. Every time I see those trailers, it looks like she has... Laura Croft, she just looks kind of psychotic. She has like no emotional reaction to like the killing she does. It just... I don't know. I'm not the only one that gets that vibe from it. I, I feel like... I know they were saying like the last Tomb Raider it was a lot like that and this one's supposed to delve into like her emotions about like what she's become and what she's doing so that's what I'm really interested in but uh yeah it's just some of it's a really brutal for like no reason although I'm okay with it it's just a little weird yeah tomb raider has gone pretty dark and i think it's kind of cool they're doing that you know they really differentiated themselves from the previous ones um the division two they found the color sliders for their game there's actual color in the division this time it's not just all gray and white so still looks generic as hell to me i'll play it i enjoyed the original division yeah but the first division was a great multiplayer game for a little while um so the division two, if they expand on that and the fact that you're getting three free DLC episodes throughout the year that kind of unlock more and more of the story could be very, very cool. Um, and we got Forza, Metroid prime four, devil may cry five, man, super hyped on that one. I don't know. I'm a huge devil may cry fan. I don't know about that one. Skull and bones. Eh. What what did you think of Devil or of Devil Bones? Uh, Skull I didn't Bones. even watch that one to be honest. I was busy doing other things. I don't really care for Skull and Bones, it, so I didn't see anything. It it looks like it's an expansion of Black Flag without any main characters, like just as pirates. And 
I'll tell you the Ubisoft thing. I was so confused because they're like, all right, agents. And they were talking to the audience, of course. And so I'm like, oh, cool. I'm an agent. And I'm like, okay, pirates. And I'm like, wait, I thought I was an agent. Now I'm a pirate. And it's like every game they had to call us what it was. And I was like, come on, man. Like we really need to start growing up a little bit with this stuff. And we'll have a, we'll have a longer conversation about this, but I wanted to, I, I think we covered most of the games. We have Halo Infinite and Starfield and, you know, a little video of Elder Scrolls Six, so yay. But there's one thing I wanted to mention about E3, and one of the reasons that I'm never super excited about E3, I, I prefer just to watch all the trailers afterwards, is that whenever somebody, and, and again, let's not get too far into this because this is a whole conversation for another time. Um, but whenever somebody gets up to talk about the game, it's very scripted, and it feels very scripted and there's no passion behind it you can't you know you don't have any excitement behind it even though they try to they try to sell it like for the the skull and bones things they came out and they're like yeah you're gonna get to take the fucking gold and everybody's like yeah he said fuck you know i was like come on man like either come out and just talk about your game with a lot of passion or just show me trailers and that's why i like sony so much because they did they just they shut their mouths they did those weird little interludes of music, of things playing weird music, and then showed the next one. And then it was done. And I was like, perfect. That's all I wanted. But the rest of it, it just felt so... It's just every year it feels like that. It's so scripted. I mean, if if you wanted... If anybody's asked me... And, and, you, and for those of you that have been watching us on stream, you've seen it. We A couple nights ago... We, we hit one of our goals. We got affiliated. And one of the new guys asked what we were about... And I spoke with passion. I spoke with excitement about what Gaming Story is, about what our podcasts are, about the people working on the site and the podcasts, on the videos, on the streaming. I, it was with passion. None of it came out of a scripted area. It was because I know all the different facets of the business. And so whenever I watch somebody talking about a game, if you're going to come up and talk about... Um, What's what's a game that I can give an example for? If you're gonna come up and you're gonna talk about, um, let let's say, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, get up there and say, hey, so we're we're doing the new Assassin's Creed. It's taking place during the Peloponnesian War. If you don't know what that is, there's a ton of books out there, a ton of history about it. Definitely worth checking out. It's very cool. We've done a lot of research on that. The mythology of the time, you know, we've really researched to make sure the mythology's right. We have some really cool little things that you're going to find. And some of you who really know the time period may already have an idea of what's going to happen and some of the things that could take place. You can get to meet the Spartans. You're going to deal with Greece and Rome. And, and you know, for history buffs out there, it's going to, you know, like that kind of passionate exciting talk about it not the you know we're very excited to talk about assassin's creed origins which will be or odyssey which will be bringing up the second since the relaunch of the assassin's creed game which will be taking place in greece where you get to play as a character who is going through many different trials and your choices will make a difference like that doesn't i don't i don't get excited about the game from that i want the guys who are working on the game that have a passion behind that game, who know the game inside out to come up and say like, dude, I'm telling you this game is a game that you're going to love. There's so much stuff that 
I want to tell you about, but I can't. You know, there's so many things we have in the works that are so great. If you know the time period, you're going to get it, you know, things like that. So hopefully E3 will start getting to that point. And if not, just shut up and show us a bunch of trailers and then let journalists talk about it later as we break down trailers. But we'll talk about that at length. By all means, I'll let you respond. I just wanted to get that off my chest because the very scripted, dry, or forced, cool guy delivery, it it just never comes across. And a lot of these PR guys we talk to, and they're very, very cool, passionate people, but for some reason, it doesn't translate whenever they get up there and they try to talk about a game. So, um, you know, it was a lot of... Well, you guys saw me in Discord. I was putting up all kinds of memes like, really? Like, uh, cool. You know, stuff like that. Like, this is just... You're not appealing to me as a gamer by being like, yeah, man, you can get the fucking gold. And we're like, yeah, cuss some more, because that's what we're into. Nah, dude, show me the game. Tell me why this game's good. Use some passion. Be excited about it. Not just read the script. So, there's my E3 rant and the reason that I thought Sony well, did well. I have a rebuttal for that. And basically, E3 is and always has been an investor's conference only recently has it started to become about the public it's always been shown to the public but it was always for the press and the uh, and the investors and so forth so excitement wasn't the biggest deal at those not to mention the people that go on stage are just developers they sit behind a computer and work they're they're not actors like when ubisoft used to have aisha taylor uh, the voice of uh, Lana and Archer come right. on and host the show. It was goddamn entertaining because she's an entertainer. Like that's what she does, right? Most of the people that go up and talk about it don't deal with the cr- massive crowds like entertainers do, nor do they deal with the public like entertainers do. Aside from Twitter, so yeah, they get scripted because if someone came out and they're like, "Oh my god, man, the lore is amazing. I researched it so much. You're gonna love it." I'm gonna be like. Oh, okay. What about the lore? Tell me more. And usually, when they come out, and they give me the scripted bullcrap. Whether it's whether it's they're saying it with conviction, or if they're just reading it like a robot. At least I'm getting information about the game that gets me hyped. Knowing that like Dying Light Two has a revamp parkour system makes me happy. Coming out and just doing what they can and giving us more information and not just be like i'm excited you be excited gets me hyped because i know what i'm going to be doing in game right and i I get that but if if i was going to go to an investor and and let's say we'll just use gaming story because that's our business so if i go to an investor and i'm like uh yeah we're looking for an investment so that we can grow our business you know we want to open a recording studio so that we can actually get some people together into the same room uh, upgrade equipment for some of the people who need upgrades and, you know, get some sound booths going, want to do a couple upgrades to the site and, and be able to get some stuff set up for, for some of the people who want to stream who can't yet. Um, so that's kind of the plan that we're going with and we're hoping that you'll choose to invest with us. As an investor, I look at it and go, okay, like, yeah, I'll, that all sounds fine. But if I go in and I do the pitch... Like the reason that almost everybody is on the site is because we talked first and I spoke with a lot of passion about what I thought needed to happen in the industry and everybody jumped on board for it. And so I, I, I get that not every single person making a game, 
that they're putting up there is going to have that passion, but you don't need to put the, the lead developer or the, the, whoever it is, put up somebody who's okay in front of a crowd. You know, if I was not good at speaking and you were, I would be like, we're putting, you know, Chris Hepburn, he's one of our writers, content producers. He does some podcasts. He does some, uh, Twitch streaming, stuff like that. I wanted to introduce him real quick. He's going to talk about what we're doing on the website. And you can get up and you'll be like, here's the thing, man. We don't want to deal with advertisers. So we're coming to you guys to, to help us out. We're going to stream and we're going to stream what you guys want to stream. We're doing everything we can to get it. And we're going to have fun with it. We're going to interact with the community. We're so excited about the stuff that's coming up. You can check out the site and see what we're doing. You can check out our podcast and hear what's going on. In August, we're relaunching with all these different podcasts. You know, and all of a sudden, there's that passion and that excitement. And as an investor, like, this dude has that excitement and that passion. And he and he's going to push. And that's the difference in success and failure. You can have a great idea. But if you don't, you know, you can be extremely talented at something. But if you're not passionate about it, you're never going to make it anywhere. The passion is what gets you there. And so... I'm hoping that E3 gets to be more passionate. People get up there and are more excited about their games. Because right now, they very much feel like they're just trying to sell you the bullet points in a press release. And Devolver proved it. Devolver proved that you can get up there and just fucking kill it. Yeah, I was even... And I think Devolver is the case in the point. And the email right after that, the... I'll I'll just I'll just tell you the very beginning of the email and then I'll I'll let you close it off and then we'll be done. The very beginning of the email after the Devolver press conference came from somebody from Devolver and she said, Holy fucking shit, that was awesome. That's what I want to see. Like that's from a PR person. Is that business to business appropriate? Not in the not in the big budget business world. Is it appropriate? Is it going to get me excited about your stuff? Yeah, because you're passionate, you're excited, you're you're saying what you think and Devolver nailed it. And regardless of whether or not you're excited about Devolver games, you came off of that thing on a high because they just crushed how they, how they showed it. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. No, uh, I think, I think E3 needs to start doing that more is either shut up and show it or have people who can get in front of a crowd and be excited and show. Yeah. I totally get that. Like I was even saying in our discord that, uh, the industry needs Devolver digital, they just kind of take the piss out of everything and just have fun with it. And I think they're really good at reminding people that, you know, you just, you need to have fun. You need to like not take everything too seriously and just have some fun. Like if you look on their Twitter wall, their Twitter, they have a donut wall. It's just donuts hanging on nails on a wall. And it's like, this is, this is just entertaining. This is cool. This makes me want to connect with them look into their games and their games are really yeah, and, cool. They're usually put out a lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but this industry is about playing video games and yes, there's a lot of money behind it, but it's video games. It's a, it's not necessary. And if you, if you come to me and you say, look, here's the newest thing that's going to happen on the smartphone. Well, I have to have a smartphone for business because I have to be connected to people wherever I am. I have to be able to handle email. I have to be able to jump onto all the different programs we use. It's okay if, and and Steve Jobs was great. He was very passionate and excited about the stuff that he delivered. But even if you just come out and say, hey, here's the new iPhone, here's the new Samsung, here's the new uh, Huawei, whatever they're going to talk about, and they just give us specs, rundowns, and some of that stuff, then I can get excited about it on my own. But that's because that phone, not necessarily that one, 
but a smartphone has basically become a necessity. But whenever you're talking about video games and you come out and you say, hey, Spider-Man's going to be great because it's Spider-Man and he's in New York and he's swinging around. It's going to be great. Well, why? Like, I mean, you're just reading off a prompter and you're trying to sound cool. Like, tell me why you're excited about Spider-Man. Like, dude, we've been working on Spider-Man forever. We spent so much time on getting this web slinging down. And at night, I go home and I sit down with my kid and the two of us just take turns and see who can web sling for the longest because it's so much fun. We did so much work on it and it worked and it paid off. And you'll see as soon as we release it, how good the, uh, you know, the, we had 20 people working on the web slinging and it, and we, they, they nailed it. It's just so good. And the fighting, you know, it's, it's, it's. It feels like Spider-Man, you know, and Spider-Man feels like Spider-Man in this. He's tough and he's witty and, you know, be excited about it. And then I'll be excited about it. And then I won't go, oh, man, Spider-Man looks like any other video game now. You know, come at me and go, dude, like, you do not understand. It's so good. We're so excited to get this to you. Like, we really want to have it in your hands as soon as possible because we cannot wait for you to get to play it. No, we're getting... Hey, man, it's Spider-Man. It's going to be fun. And here are the developments that we have done since last we spoke. And that's and that's not what they did for, for Spider-Man. So I can do that and I'm not making fun of anybody. Um, but that's the feeling that you get with a lot of this stuff is just read the prompter and be done. And instead, don't read the prompter. Give me the elevator pitch and then extend on it and lose your mind and go super excited about it. And then show us the trailer and make us go, holy shit, he's right. This, I'm, I'm already pumped based on what he's talking about. And I just saw it done in, in gameplay. This is going to be absolutely awesome. And then you pump people up. And from an invest, investor standpoint as well, whenever you see that kind of excitement and that kind of buy-in from your viewership, and this works the same thing for podcasts and video games and movies and websites and whatever, the excitement is what you want. You want people to be excited about what you're doing because you're excited about what you're doing. If you're making something you're not excited about, don't make it because you're not putting the passion behind it. Be excited about what you're doing. And, you know, we've been we've been doing the streams, we've been doing the podcast, and we're having fun doing it, and we're putting the passion in it, and we're, we're resetting in July because we want to come back even better because we really enjoy it. And we're, we're gaining traction. People are starting to latch on to what we do. And so that's why we're going to take a month to get a whole bunch of stuff recorded so that we have stuff ready for you. And there's the excitement, the passion, the energy that you guys expect from us. And I want to see that next year at E3. I want to see people just losing their mind on stage about the games they're making. Because they have the dream job. Yeah, There's parts of it that suck, but they have the dream. They're making video games that then millions of people buy and play and escape into and i want to see their excitement about that so that is a slash end rant so sounds good uh we'll go into maybe maybe we'll go into a longer conversation where we can talk about some of the other stuff in another podcast if if we feel it's necessary maybe after some more of the trade shows come up but uh Overall, I thought it was a good E3. Uh, it's it's what I expected with a number of surprises. Um, glad to see Toys to Life are still kind of sticking around in that weird Star Link game. 
with Star Fox showing up and stuff. Like, that's cool. Um, so, you know, the industry still has a lot of different places it's going. And, and I think the C3 was was one of the better E3s that we've seen in a while, just because there's they, they announced a lot of really cool things. And um, I think everybody put on a pretty good show. I just, I, I really enjoyed Sony's because I sat back and I just took it all in. Nobody was talking. I got to just watch videos and go, ooh, what's this? What's this? Ooh, what's that? You know, and it was fun. So really enjoyed this one. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it for E3. You have anything else you want to throw in there? Uh, I was actually shocked uh, at how many games were uh, shown off that were not leaked Going up to E3, it seemed like everything was getting leaked, that there would be no surprise for anyone at E3. But somehow, yeah, there were games that just were not leaked. And I was astonished, and I was still surprised, because I'm not a fan of E3 leaks. Like, we all knew Assassin's Creed Odyssey was coming, but imagine if we didn't, and right. they just showed up and was like, here's your new Assassin's Creed everyone would have lost their fucking shit you know yes yes they did so okay well we good yeah we good all right so um just in case you missed it we are going to take july off and come back in august with a full slate uh of the normal shows you're used to plus some more so just making sure we, we remind you of that, that the end of June will be uh, a month off for the podcast as we get ready for season two where more shows will show up. Right now, we are doing a physical God of War giveaway, which ends in 18 days. We're also giving away other games, Steam cards, stuff like that. Follow us on Twitch at Gaming Historia at uh, twitch.tv slash Gaming Historia TV. Follow there, subscribe, whatever you want to do, support us there. We've been playing some Raft, Eternal. Uh, all kinds of different stuff. Um, Slay the Spire, bunch of stuff. Come on in. The The water's fine. The community's a little quiet, but show up to, you know, just follow us and you'll know when we're up. Um, feedback to contact at GamingHistoria.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you or reach out to us on Twitter at Gaming underscore Historia. And, of course, visit GamingHistoria.com for all the latest news, previews, reviews, editorials, opinion pieces, all kinds of good stuff. And uh, you will hear from us again in a week. Thanks for listening.